Michigan Rundown Podcast. Bolton, Chapman, hoist the three. At midcourt, extra pass. And it goes for the win! Presented by Jake Singer. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Michigan Rundown Podcast. My name is Jake Singer, and on today's episode, I'm going to go through a full assessment of the Michigan basketball team about halfway through the year as we kind of sit now during a standstill, if you will, with COVID-19 and the Michigan basketball team not being able to play for the last week. They have another week left of this quarantine, and they'll be back in action um, in about 10 days. But I just thought this would be a great opportunity to sit back, look at this entire team player by player, coach by coach, and just really pick out the things that the team's doing really well. There's some, There are still some things this team needs to work on. And if this team really wants to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament and the Big Ten tournament, of course, there are definitely some aspects of this team that can go all the way, but also there are some aspects of this team that can make this run stop short. So I'm just going to get into it and talk about each player one by one, and then we'll kind of go from there with this basketball assessment. So I definitely want to start with the phenom of the team this past year, Hunter Dickinson. Now, Hunter Dickinson is definitely lead, you know, is the leading guy of this team. He is kind of an aspect of this team that if he has a great day, we are bound to win. If he's having an off day, we could pose that could pose some issues for this team. Now he is leading the team in scoring, 15 points a game, seven rebounds, about a block and a half, and he's shooting about 70% from the field. So he's a beast, all right, and he can't be stopped, but on most occasions. Now, I will say with Hunter Dickinson, he is such a beast inside the paint, and it's so difficult to stop him. But after the Minnesota loss, I saw with my own eyes that Hunter Dickinson was struggling, and I saw what Minnesota was doing. And the game after that, when Michigan played Maryland, Maryland tried to do the same thing, and Dickinson was actually kind of lost in the same situation. And that was because they were double covering him. Now, he is a true freshman. I I I personally have to keep reminding myself that, and you have to keep reminding yourselves that, that he is still a true freshman. So when he gets double covered in Big Ten play, he tends to make stupid mistakes. He panics, he gets himself trapped in a corner, and he turns the ball over. Now... Because of this, he really needs to do a better job of putting himself in the right position where when he receives the pass in the paint, he doesn't get caught in a corner or in a position where defenders can come up and just take the ball right away from him because that will always leave somebody around the perimeter open. But when he gets double covered, he does tend to panic. So for Hunter Dickinson, for him to go on, win the Krim Jabbar Award, you know, win the Big Ten title, possibly make a deep run in the NCAA Marriage Madness tournament, he needs to do a better job of ball control and figure out immediately when he receives the ball if he has an opportunity to make a shot or if he should pass it back out. Because the longer he holds the ball, the more opportunity the defense has from taking the ball away from him. Now again, Hunter Dickinson is the pride of our team. As a DMV person myself, I love this guy. It's amazing what he's doing for this team. That said, he really still has a lot to work on. And of course, I know Juwan Howard is definitely working with him, you know, on a daily basis of this. But I think that is my truest assessment of Hunter Dickinson is that he just needs to do a better job of controlling the ball.
Next, I want to talk about Shondi Brown, a guy that I had said earlier in my podcast this past summer when I was going over these recruits and these transfers that I didn't really know what kind of role he was going to play. You know, he came from a team with the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest, and his team never won more than 13 games in a season, and they finished between 13th and 15th in the ACC conference. But when he left Wake Forest, you know, this, I think, lit a fire in him, and he was a proven starter at Wake Forest. So coming to Michigan and taking the six-man role, I was a little skeptical of him because a lot of guys, possibly even including myself, might have, might not have been able to handle that kind of sense of pressure and also that sense of uh, hurt because you go from a starter to a six-man in both the Division One school, but you have to do it for the team. And he has definitely worked nicely. Now, he has his good and bad games. You know, he'll, he'll make five threes in a game, and then he'll go 0 for 8 the next. So he's not someone I would personally want to rely on with the final shot of a game just yet. I still need him to show more improvement. That being said, he definitely is improving on a daily basis. He, I I think, is arguably one of our best defenders, aside from possibly Livers and maybe Dickinson, Wagner too, all of them. But Shawnee Brown has definitely thrown his hat in the ring on defense, and I am so happy. that is, I think, personally, his defensive game is what puts him on the floor rather than his offensive game. His offensive game's there. When he can shoot the ball, it's amazing. But I think the reason why he's on the floor week in and week out is because of his defense. So if you see him on the floor and he's missing shots and you don't know why he's still there, it's because of his defense. And you have to keep reminding yourself that. As I said, for him, you know, biggest improvement, I think, is stop getting into foul trouble, especially as a six-man. You're not even a starter and he's constantly in foul trouble. So he really, and again, I know he's an aggressive defender, and it's great. You want to see aggressive defenders, but you still need to restrain yourself to a certain extent so you're not picking up three or four fouls with still 10 minutes to go in the second half. That just can't happen, especially once you get into tournament play and you get into the later part of the season. He really has to stop fouling. And two, he has to work on his offensive game too. He can't force those three-point shots. You have five shooters on the floor at all times. Everybody on this team can score. So he does not need to be the sole scorer of this team. And I think he has to remind himself sometimes that at Michigan, it is a team-oriented game. They don't play one-on-one basketball. They play five-on-five basketball. And because of that, he really needs to restrain himself sometimes. Even you know if he has a contested three-point shot that he might think he can make, he might make it two out of 10 times, but to me, that's not enough to convince me that he should be taking that shot. But other than that, I think his defensive game is on the rise. He's learning, he's playing team basketball, and I really am, I'm very pleased with how he's been playing so far this season. Now I want to talk about Mike Smith, you know, another grad transfer guard from Columbia. Very similar to Shawnee Brown. He was a part of a program that lost you know, 65 games more than, you know, that's more than double of the amount that he won. He only won 27 games at Columbia and lost 65. So he was, again, a part of a losing program. And he comes to Michigan. And again, Michigan was only ranked 25th going into the season. So they were, you know, they're always the underdogs kind of going into it. But he really has come into his role. His passing ability alone, you know, leading the team in assists, He has a great, great leadership, and you can tell on the floor that his leadership is really coming through, and I just think he just needs to take that next step. I think for me, his next step is scoring the basketball. 
I think as a point guard, I know Xavier Simpson would have those games where he would have 10 assists and he would still put 15, 16 points. You know, Mike Smith, I still think needs to be a little bit more aggressive. I know he's a pass first point guard, but in those situations where no one's open, that's when the turnovers occur. If no one's open and and the half court press, okay, he has to take control because he has great ball handling ability, but sometimes he'll then force a pass or he'll pass the ball somewhere and say Wagner gets trapped in the corner or Hunter Dickinson gets double covered down in the paint. So sometimes he needs to think before he passes. And because of that, you know, I think that could be a really strong suit if then he just takes it himself, drives and kicks out, whatever the case may be. You know, he's already averaging 5.6 assists a game by being a pass first point guard. Who knows what will happen if he starts driving, starts scoring, guys start you know, pressing him and then other guys become open. So I think with him, that's his biggest strong suit going forward is scoring the basketball more. He's already a great scorer. I think there's even more he can do. That's with Mike Smith. Now, kind of the the opposite, I would say, is Eli Brooks. Eli Brooks is, after the Minnesota game, I knew, and I kind of knew going into this, that Eli Brooks is some ways the glue to our team. All these guys are, of course, if you swap out any of our starters with somebody else, you're going to get a different game than you expect. But Eli Brooks, when he was out of that Minnesota game, you could tell how much this team was missing him, his passing ability, his shooting ability, his defensive ability. I mean, he was he plays on some of the best offensive players in the Big Ten. He's still shooting the three-point ball at a great rate. He's still passing the ball. I mean, he has come such a long way from being a bench player his freshman year to where he is right now. He just, he definitely has proven he's such a big part of this team. Now, what I will say going forward is that Eli Brooks needs to be, I believe, a more consistent defensive player. He, his offense, I don't, I don't think would change a bit. I mean, he is making the shots he needs to make. He's passing the ball when he needs to pass it. And this is not even a knock on Eli Brooks in any way. I think his defense is amazing. But if there's one critique I can possibly find, I would say just to trust your guys a little more. Because sometimes, you know, he'll get behind somebody or you have guys on the inside of the paint. So that's just the one critique I would give Eli Brooks if I could give him anything is just his perimeter defense ability um, could just be improved a little bit better, especially, you know, again, you get to the Final Four, the championship game of the NCAA tournament, and you're playing Gonzaga, you're playing Baylor, you're playing Iowa, or, you know, any of these schools, every single player on this team needs to step up defensively if they want a chance to win, and I think that is where Brooks could possibly make that that next leap. Now I want to talk about Isaiah Livers. Isaiah Livers, as a senior, you know, has got one more chance to play. Last year was devastating when he got hurt because I knew he had so much potential. And, you know, just like Eli Brooks, he is, again, another big part of this team where you don't have Isaiah Livers. You don't have the big defender, bully on offense, three-point threat. I mean, he is everything on this team. And I think he will go very far uh, if he does choose to do so um you know he's just a such a good ball handler a great playmaker on offense you know he makes that that post that step back post jump around shot is just 
it's a thing of beauty and it's like it's his shot not many guys can make that shot but that's his best shot and on defense he is a brick wall um just again one more critique i could give isaiah livers when isaiah livers gets cold he stays cold and when he but he that said you know you always want him to keep shooting the basketball when he's cold but it comes to a point where a guy like him who's such a threat on offense and defense when he gets cold i want him to play more team basketball i don't want him shooting 10 shots when he's cold i want him to pass the ball get those easy looks because sometimes he does still tend to force some shots and i know these shots he's he's capable of making but when he's cold it's more of a it's he has a less probability of making that shot so i think for him is just to stop some of those bad shots and i think because of that if he can do that, I think he is unstoppable. He can go so far, including in the NBA and going forward. So that is just, again, the one knock on Isaiah Livers. Um, but other than that, as I said, he is our leader. He's our captain. He will take us very far in the tournament just because of his skill set and his leadership ability on this team. Um, another guy, of course, you can't forget Wagner. Now, Wagner to me is a very interesting story. When he came to Michigan, I was really excited because I know his brother Mo and I was so excited. I even got a chance to meet Mo a few years ago and I was so excited for his brother to come. And I feel like he didn't necessarily live up fully to his hype. I think last year he forced a lot of shots. He took a lot of shots. His defense was subpar and he was a lot of times I felt playing a little bit selfish on this team that Drew Allen Howard had put on the court. And because of that, you know, I when I heard he was thinking about going to the NBA, I was skeptical. I was very happy he came back because I know he has so much potential. With a guy his size alone, just being at 6'10", and being lanky, and having a three-point threat, and being versatile and fast, I know he has the potential to do such good things on this team. And the biggest thing I was go- thinking going into the season is he needs to be more selfless. And he has been. I think, you know, first of all, his three-point shot has greatly improved. Now he's shooting at 40%, which is much better from last year. He's not taking as many crazy shots or just shots in general. He's being smart with the ball. You know, there are times where you get to the second half and you're like, oh my gosh, he just made his first basket, but that doesn't bother me because that means I know he's being smart. He's not forcing shots. He's passing the ball all things you want from a guy. And then on defense alone, he's causing turnovers. He's getting steals. He's you know leading fast break attempts. He's blocking the ball. I mean, he has improved so much. I mean, I say Eli Brooks has improved, but Wagner just from last year alone has improved so much. And because of that, I think he can take us really, really far going forward. Once again, though, he gets very emotional on the court. I think, you know, when he has some exchanges with Juwan Howard at times, that bothers me because it'll be in the middle of the game. His emotions do get the best of him. He's shown that. I think he just needs to do his best to know that, you know, you have to keep your head in the game. You you can't let these little ticky-tacky fouls or little calls bother you, and you have to keep playing, and especially not stop in the middle of a possession and start talking to your coach and complaining to your coach. That is my biggest criticism. If he can take the emotional aspect out of it, of course, you want an emotional, aggressive guy on the court. He loves the game. You can tell that, but when they get the best of you, that's when the fan base and myself have a problem. So if you can keep your emotions in check and play the game and use that anger out on the basketball and play your way to victories, I think this team 
with Wagner alone will be unstoppable. You know, and I just want to mention one more player that doesn't always get a lot of credit, but Brandon Johns Jr. has had an enormous jump from last year to this year. I mean, he's averaging 4.6 points and two and a half rebounds off the bench, and he doesn't play that much. But I think with him, his confidence has greatly increased. I mean, he has a lot of potential. He's a big guy. He crashes the glass. He gets extra possessions. He bangs the ball in the paint. He can knock down shots from outside. You know, he has a lot of energy. And there's been, you know, it's been a lot of talk that he's had confidence issues in the past with this team, second-guessing himself, not knowing if he could compete with these guys. But he really came out here this year, and I am proud of him. I know the team has been talking about, you know, has been repeatedly commenting on Brandon Johns Jr.'s confidence level and his increase in confidence and how that extra sense of energy and extra sense of confidence has given him a new light and is definitely helping this team. And I am actually really excited because, you know, bench players, that's what wins you tournaments. It's not just the five guys. They got to rest sometimes. So Brandon Johns Jr., Shondi Brown, again, Austin Davis. Austin Davis came back from injury. Another guy where, you know, Brandon Johns Jr. is a great forward, but he wasn't necessarily doing that well defensively against the big centers when it was just Hunter Dickinson and Brandon Johns Jr. So the fact Austin Davis could come back and bring that extra sense of size at 6'10", 6'11", and, you know, Get a few buckets in a, a game. Have play good defense. You know, hustle back and forth. These guys are what is the is are are what could win Michigan a national championship, especially a Big Ten championship. That's why they're winning so many games. That's why they're ranked fourth. Is because Juwan Howard came to this program and took the big guys: Brandon Johns Jr., Austin Davis, Hunter Dickinson, Wagner, and groom them to be prof- like professional forwards and centers. And I think that is what you are seeing as the biggest thing for this basketball team. So overall, every player, I think, on this team that plays can contribute to a national championship. Every player on this team has potential to help this team make a national championship game. But there are things that every player has to work on, as there always are. And they're just little things sometimes. Sometimes they're big things. But no matter what, it's a team game. And a Juwan Howard team game is definitely a team five-on-five basketball game. So we'll really have to see what happens. Stay tuned for more updates. This is my basketball assessment halfway through the year. I hope to see Michigan get back to action and sometime in the near future. It's very depressing and very lonely not being able to watch them every few days, Um, but hopefully they can get back in action in about 10 days and take on the Big Ten competition that awaits them. So with that, thank you all for listening to my newest edition of my podcast. I really appreciate all of you and stay tuned for more updates. Thank you guys.